This is Bad Attitudes. Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome to another episode of Bad Attitudes, an uninspiring podcast about disability. I'm your host, Laura. Today is a milestone of an episode. It's the 10th full episode of Bad Attitudes. To be perfectly honest, I wasn't sure I would make it this far. I tend to be a really great idea person, but have a harder time with the execution. If I ever seem to fall off the face of the earth between episodes, this is why. In today's episode, I'll be discussing another Facebook interaction. I'm not intending for this to become a series on the podcast, but if it does, it just goes to prove that ableism is alive and well on Facebook, just like everywhere else. If you have some other ideas for the podcast, comments, or questions, email me at badattitudespod at gmail.com. You can also contact me via social media. Follow at badattitudespod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you enjoy this episode, share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe so you are notified every time I drop a new episode. Consider leaving a rating and review if you like the podcast. For iOS users, visit the Bad Attitudes page on Apple Podcasts and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page to leave your review. For Android users, visit the Bad Attitudes page on Podchaser and click the stars to the right of the title. I will leave links to both in the episode description. And if you find the podcast helpful and informative, consider buying me a coffee. Go to ko-fi.com slash badattitudespod to donate the cost of a coffee towards the expenses of running the podcast. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that disability is not a monolith. Some aspects are universal, but my experiences as a disabled person are going to be vastly different from the experiences of other disabled people. I am one voice for the disabled community, but I am not the only voice. Okay, to be honest, I didn't intend to make this episode. If you follow the podcast on social media, particularly Instagram and Facebook, you're already aware of the interaction I'm going to talk about. It was an intense interaction, And I didn't want to relive the horrible things this person said. But you can't avoid ableism. And sometimes that includes people saying and doing horrible and hateful things. All for the purpose of supposedly defending themselves in their communities. And fighting back means calling it out, even if you risk more hurtful and horrible things coming your way. As before, I'm not going to call this person out by name even though the dark, vengeful parts of me want to do just that, as well as encourage anyone who wants to to seek out this person and do what you will. I guess that proves I'm stronger than my baser urges or something. But really, this person just doesn't deserve that kind of attention. And frankly, I think she would enjoy it too much. It would give her an excuse to bully even more people. For some context, I have had one interaction with this person before. We both belong to the same local group for politically progressive women, and I apparently made the mistake of saying that I still enjoy the Harry Potter franchise, even though the author is transphobic. 
this person is a trans woman. I respect anyone's decision to no longer enjoy or participate in the franchise for any reason, really, but especially giving the author's opinions on trans women. That is a personal decision. I still enjoy the series while acknowledging the author is extremely problematic. However, this opinion gave this woman a reason to put a target on my back. I truly believe she was just waiting for me to say something else she didn't agree with to rake me over the coals again. At the beginning of the month, I posted in that group about it being Disability Pride Month because I knew it was highly unlikely anyone else would. All I posted was an image of the Disability Pride flag, a little note about it being Disability Pride Month, and some creators to follow on Instagram, as well as a mention of this podcast. Got some likes, got some hearts, got a few comments thanking me for sharing. Got one, singular one, person asking if this had anything to do with Pride Month in June, which it does not. To be very clear, this is the only time I have seen anyone question if Disability Pride is associated with LGBTQ plus pride. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I just haven't seen it. Also, I think very few people are going to be confused about it. We know what people mean when they say pride without any modifiers. We know that means LGBTQ plus pride. The addition of disability changes the entire meaning. But a few days ago, this person I need to give her a name so I can stop saying this person. How about Karen? Anyway, a few days ago, Karen decided that she, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, has a very big problem with the use of pride in Disability Pride Month, which I am perfectly willing to discuss, but not at the expense of the disabled community and not at the expense of my own well-being. She started off fairly benign by saying, the way it's being used makes it look like a pride event, which it's not. You could say proud, but clearly y'all are using our branding. When people see pride, what do they think of? I don't want you to think I'm angry. I just want y'all to use another term that doesn't muddy the waters. I love how she addressed me as if I'm the only representative of the entire community. As if I have control over how the collective refers to the celebration of our community. She asks what people think of when they see pride. But that is pride without any modifiers, as I mentioned before. We are celebrating disability pride. I really don't understand how there is any confusion. If you think that disability pride is for LGBTQ plus disabled people, ask yourself why they would need their own LGBTQ plus pride celebration. Shouldn't LGBTQ plus pride include disabled LGBTQ plus people? I tried to give some context to indicate that disability pride isn't something that just popped up in 2021. If you listen to my bonus episode about disability pride month, you'll know that the first disability pride parade took place over 30 years ago. This is not a new thing. Just because you haven't heard of it, doesn't mean it isn't something the community has been fighting for for years. I also pointed out that the LGBTQ community in general has a reputation for ableism and pride events are very often not accessible. Search the hashtag make pride accessible on Instagram for just a smattering of what I'm talking about. It is well known 
that Pride events have problems with accessibility for people who are disabled and or autistic. Obviously, my trying to say anything in defense of disability pride set her off. So here come the big guns. Those aren't reason to use my community's main identity. Wait, is pride an identity now? I mean, words mean things. We have spent 50 years building this brand and identity. Second, you typed it in the paragraph you wrote. So you are responsible for that misuse. And this is the second time you have used my community to promote your business or cause. It's not cool. I assume she says this because during the month of June, aka the real Pride Month, I promoted the LGBTQ plus theme merch in my shop because I was donating part of the proceeds of sales that month to a local LGBTQ plus organization and wanted local shoppers to know about it. I have always sold LGBTQ plus merch and have always donated parts of my profits to various organizations throughout the year, but this was the first time I was designating specific profits for a specific organization. Quote, and most of all, I don't appreciate you making accusations about my community, such as ableism and such. But I guess it's perfectly okay for her to accuse the disabled community of appropriation and unethical behavior for celebrating disability pride. She got virulent in other places, saying that I was slandering the community by accusing it of ableism. Methinks the lady doth protest too much. Quote, Our local pride actually has a whole committee built around access and accommodations. My movement is about making sure people have access to all things. I don't appreciate this all, especially from someone that promoted transphobic authors and misappropriated our pride community twice now. I think that last statement proves my point that she was just lying in wait for a reason to attack me. I think it's great that our local pride organization has a committee dedicated to access, but I wasn't talking about our local pride. I was talking about pride events in general and the community in general. She says that her movement is about making sure people have access to all things. Bull fucking shit. If that were true, there wouldn't be so many disabled LGBTQ plus creators saying, make pride accessible. She also says that, quote, nobody associates disability with pride. Maybe that's the fucking problem. It gets better. Quote, I equate it to using all lives matter when we know Black Lives Matter uses and identifies with that phrase. And when a culture or group identifies with a phrase or term and it's universally accepted, anyone is guilty of cultural misappropriation, which is the case here. This is cultural misappropriation and building a false narrative to justify the misuse of pride to further their cause, which is easy for some to dismiss but if the disability advocates want to be taken serious, then they don't need to misappropriate our primary identity. It's cringy. Know what else is cringy? The fact that she keeps referring to pride as an identity and that she has no actual understanding of what cultural appropriation is. You cannot appropriate pride because pride is not the property of an individual culture. Yes, pride with a capital P is associated with the LGBTQ plus community. But are you actually trying to tell me that no one else can feel or celebrate pride in their own community? Does pride actually only belong to the LGBTQ plus community? No, of course not. 
any group, any culture, any ethnicity can experience and celebrate pride. And the idea that they can't is just another way to silence another marginalized community. She goes on, As important as veganism is to me and how I don't want animals killed, I still don't use the phrase, all lives matter. Why? Because I would be using an important identifiable phrase from a group that uses it and has historically definable history. No offense to any vegans listening, but fuck, I should have known she was a vegan. Y'all got a reputation too. Is she really comparing disability pride to all lives matter? Really? The all lives matter crowd uses the phrase as a deliberate and racist undermining of the Black Lives Matter movement. They are actively trying to take something away from that movement. Disability pride is not out to actively undermine the LGBTQ plus community and using disability pride takes nothing away from it. Quote, Laura's community doesn't have that history at all. Whatever one-off usage was random and not hard fought or earned. Well, fuck you and fuck the horse you rode in on, Karen, because now I'm angry. How dare you? How dare you insinuate that the disabled community does not have a history of violence and oppression? How the fuck dare you? Up to 50% of people killed by police are disabled. The disabled community has undergone forced sterilization, forced institutionalization, and is subject to horrendous abuse by the people who are meant to care for them. Disabled people still don't have marriage equality. Forced sterilization is still legal. The Disability Integration Act, which ensures that disabled people have the right to choose to live at home rather than being forced into institutions, was not introduced until 2019 and is still not passed. Which means that during the COVID pandemic, when institutions and nursing homes were hit hardest, members of the disabled community were forced to stay because insurers would not pay for their required services at home. In 1990, hundreds of disabled protesters participated in what would come to be known as the Capitol Crawl, in which they tossed aside their mobility devices and crawled up the steps of the U.S. Capitol to illustrate the need for the Americans with Disabilities Act. How about the fact that in 2017, four fucking years ago, disabled protesters were bodily lifted out of their wheelchairs and carried out of the Capitol by Capitol Police. They were protesting Mitch McConnell's draft of a bill that would replace Obamacare. And let's not forget Nazi Germany. You could be killed for being disabled or being homosexual, but you could hide one of those. You might be miserable hiding who you are, and no one should have to do that. But at least you would be alive. And please, please, let's not forget Marsha P. Johnson, the central figure of the Stonewall Riots, which would become known as the First Pride, was disabled. If you want to erase disabled history, you have to erase her too. Never ever suggest that the disabled community does not have the history of fighting and dying for our rights. Need more? Okay. The 1907 Immigration Act stated that if you were found to be physically or mentally defective, you could not enter the country 
even with your family. In the 19th and 20th centuries, there were the so-called ugly laws, which made it illegal for any person, quote, diseased, maimed, mutilated, or disfigured in any way to be seen in public. It was literally illegal for disabled people to be seen. The last ugly law was repealed in Chicago in 1974, less than 50 years ago. In 1938, the Fair Labor Standards Act allowed employers to pay disabled employees sub-minimum wages. This is still in effect today. Disabled Congressman Madison Cawthorn, that little shit, is in favor of it. In 2010, the FBI reported that 1.5% of hate crimes are due to bias against disabled people. Like, where does she get off? This is why disability history needs to be taught in schools. This is why all marginalized history needs to be taught in schools. And we shouldn't be relegated to just one month either. She goes on to say that, quote, disability pride doesn't exist. Bitch, yes it does. It doesn't look like you think it should, i.e. it doesn't look like LGBTQ plus pride, but it does in fact exist. Here it is. Soak it up. Also, I'd like to point out that as a trans woman, a lot of people insist that she doesn't exist. So I wonder how she feels about that. She also went on to say that she reached out to leaders of the community and told them about her problem with disability pride and they agreed to stop using the word pride. Oh really? What leaders? I need names. I was perfectly willing to have a discussion with her about whether disability pride is somehow infringing on LGBTQ plus pride. This might come as a shock, but in my opinion, I don't think it does. I'm willing to listen to differing opinions, but she didn't just want to offer a differing opinion. She wanted to attack me and the disabled community. She wanted me to roll over and submit to her demands, such as her demand that I remove my slanderous accusations against our local pride events when I never even mentioned our local pride organization and really never made any accusations at all. I said that a lot of disabled LGBTQ plus creators make it known that pride events are not accessible and that the community has a reputation of ableism. Two things made this even worse. One, I knew I couldn't engage beyond my initial try. I knew it wasn't worth my emotional or intellectual effort. She wouldn't care about the history of the disabled community. She would just continue to accuse me of trying to justify appropriation. It's not appropriation. The disabled people who died would have no meaning to her because if it's not her community, it means nothing. The other is that no one else stepped in to try and defend the disabled community. This wasn't unexpected. Honestly, I would have been shocked if anyone had stepped up. A couple of the group's admin reached out to me privately, and while that helped to validate my feelings that she was targeting me, it really didn't mean much because Karen wasn't shown the error of her statements, and she wasn't shown that the disability community has allies. The most they said was, essentially, that people needed to be nice. Maybe they felt they couldn't speak up because they don't belong to the disabled community. Maybe they were worried her vitriol would fall on them. But that's what allies do. 
They speak up in concert with marginalized voices. They use their privilege as power for good. They act as a shield between the oppressed and abuse. Or maybe they all just secretly agreed with her? For full disclosure, I did block her very shortly after this interaction. So however unlikely it is, it is possible that someone said something to her that I didn't see or that someone reached out to her privately. There is one thing she forgot. The one place where all marginalized communities intersect is disability. Disability doesn't care about skin color or gender. It doesn't care about sexual orientation or religious beliefs. It doesn't care about socioeconomic status or education levels. It doesn't care if you're the oppressed or the oppressor. If you're currently not disabled, I'm sorry to tell you that you're just not disabled yet. Every non-disabled person is one illness or injury away from disability. The COVID-19 pandemic has proven that. If you're one of the lucky ones, you'll live long enough to be disabled by age. One in four Americans is disabled. If you are in a group with three other people and none of you are disabled, at best one of you is pre-disabled. I don't say that to scare anyone. I say it to drive home the fact that anyone could become disabled at any time. Most people become disabled. They aren't born disabled. I'm a rare gem. So it's probably not wise to alienate a community you might have need of in the future. We have a long collective memory. Disability erasure is a thing. I'll pose the question again. If disability pride was meant to be about disabled LGBTQ plus people, ask yourself why would they need their own LGBTQ plus pride celebration and not be included in the main pride in June? The intersection of identity is very rarely seen, especially when one of those intersections is disability. If we see disability represented in media, it is most often represented by a cis, white, straight-sized person. They are usually heterosexual or more often not sexualized at all. So don't dismiss disabled history and don't dismiss disabled pride. The disabled community is allowed to have pride in our collective history, in our collective experiences, in our collective self. We are also allowed to have pride in our individual history, experiences, and self. The disabled community and the LGBTQ community overlap. All marginalized communities overlap. We need to stop acting like marginalized communities are insulated cells, because if you belong to one, there's a good chance you belong to more. Imagine the power we could wield if marginalized communities didn't turn against one another. Because that's what this woman did. She individually pitted the entire LGBTQ community against the entire disabled community, represented by me. This entire interaction wasn't even really about whether it's acceptable for the disabled community to use the word pride. It was about Karen showing out in ableist fashion. She was right when she said that nobody associates disability with pride, capital P. And disabled people know that we have to specify disabled pride. We know the modifier is necessary. So does that really take anything away from the LGBTQ community? Like I said, I'm open to differing opinions as long as it doesn't devolve into hate and ableism. I'm open to other options. Although, in my opinion, nothing quite has the impact that pride does. 
because nothing else conjures up the ideas of celebration. Disability pride means we are celebrating our disabled bodies, celebrating our disabled history. And yes, that probably owes a lot to images conjured up when you say pride with a capital P. So if disability pride was inspired by LGBTQ plus pride, is that so bad? Is it so awful to have the disabled community ever so slightly associated with the LGBTQ plus community? Because the only thing the disabled community really wants is the permission to be ourselves. Permission to not hide our true selves away for the comfort of non-disabled people. Or is celebration of self only acceptable if it comes with rainbows and kink and non-disabled bodies? I don't know, y'all. The movement will likely evolve and the name of Disability Pride Month may change over time. I know I probably won't be a fierce advocate for the name change unless and until I hear it from a whole lot more people, especially LGBTQ plus members of the disabled community. Because every disabled creator I follow that I know is LGBTQ plus has celebrated both pride and disability pride. So yeah, there it is. What more can I say? If you're interested in seeing the other ways I personally appropriate from the LGBTQ plus community, you can visit the Fairy Nerdy store on Etsy or follow at Fairy Nerdy on Instagram and Facebook. I do know and respect that many people disagree with non-LGBTQ plus people selling LGBTQ plus themed merch. So please don't come for me or at least wait like a week. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you in the next one.